you beautiful bastards, you. Hello, everybody. We've been gone a little while, haven't we? Yeah, it's been, um, it, we, we had to take a break. <laughs> we did, for a couple of reasons. I got really angry, I won't lie, about the government, and it wasn't productive for my own mental well-being, if I'm honest. Yeah, mental health breaks are very important. When things, when things start becoming a little bit too much and you start getting a little bit het up, just take a little yeah. breather like we have. A few weeks, a we yeah. couple of days, a few hours, it doesn't matter. Whatever you need, you take. It is, and that's what we did. So we're, our apologies we were away, but it was for our own end. By extension, your own good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty... That's pretty. It's pretty true, to be honest with you. I think. I think we would have. Uh, we, we we actually recorded two separate episodes in the meantime, which were not. I was so angry. <laughs> the anger levels were off the charts, mate, and uh, it was. Uh, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't conducive to good uh, podcasting. It wasn't a good. They weren't good episodes. I can tell you that. They weren't. They, but however, they were incredibly cathartic for us. Oh, weren't they just? Yeah. Um, it, it stopped me walking around just calling people in the street the c-word. If I'm honest, it has been it has been difficult not uh, not recording properly with you, Phil. Um, but I'm I'm glad that we've uh, we found a little pocket of time and we've we've come back a little bit recuperated. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I've just caught up on the porn I've missed. <laughs> um, started watching Secret Invasion. That was always fun. I've, yeah, I just finished that right. actually. I, I just finished that, and we'll, we'll come to that. We'll come to that in a bit, I think. We will, yeah, because we, we've we've had a bit of a revamp, haven't we, Andrew? I wouldn't say revamp as much as just a kind of reevaluation of how yeah, we're doing well, things. Yeah. We've learned we've learned a few things in the um in the five episodes that we've released, and in the two episodes that we've recorded and haven't used. <laughs> yeah, technically this is episode eight, but it's really it's episode six. Um. Yeah, we've just decided we're going to broaden our horizons a little bit and enjoy the world a bit more. We've got super focus, I think, is the, is the thing, isn't it? I think it's quite easy when you jump into a new project to get a little bit lost in the reeds and try and be everything all at once. So it's it's been quite nice to have a little break from it and uh, maybe not, not be quite so wrapped up in all of the uh, ambitions that we had. That said... The Tories are still a massive bunch of cunts. Oh my god, just, it's just a litany of cunts, isn't it? It's a big <laughs> bag of cunts. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it, it's cuntage from wall to wall. <laughs> Two minutes and 45 seconds into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we've already hit peak cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mum. So, yeah, we've had, we've had a few weeks of utter cuntage. Do you want to tell them where we are, Phil? Where are we? Well, we've got Nigel Farage. What a cunt. We've got Boris Johnson. Still a bit of a cunt, isn't he? <laughs> and we've got Trump, who we all knew was a cunt, but this cunt's getting fucked seven ways from Sunday now. Oh, also, since we've been this, gone... This one's your baby, I think. The, <laughs> since we've been gone... A uh, culmination of my entire life's work. Aliens, mate! Non-human intelligence! Aliens! Yeah, I mean, we, we've, all, we've already got, you know, um, Musk living on this planet, who's basically Space Karen, so... Uh, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd, I'd like to acknowledge Cunty Plotkins on Twitter for that. They do listen. Oh. Uh, 
I, that's uh, actually, yeah. I'll add that to the agenda, actually. Let's have a little chat about Twitter, but we'll come to that as well in the um, in the recommendations yeah. section. But, but we've, we've had some anti-cunts in the world as well. And my, my, my new friend, Count Binface. Oh, Which what a is, hero. What a dude. Um, I, we're in the process... Um, you're being an overlord and if you're listening to this we'd be desperately like to have you on our podcast for a chat because we just fucking love you um yeah please do get in touch <laughs> I just I think a lot's happened since our fifth episode um yeah and we recorded two full episodes basically discussing the aftermath of what happened in episode five they they, they, they got ever so shouty we we kind of put them to one side we we are potentially going to release them as um Exclusive extras, yeah, optional extras on our on our um, Patreon page, but it, it is going to take a long time for us to get it into some sort of semblance of order, because oh my god, it's uh, we we were we were very angry, we were very angry for a couple of weeks. <laughs> so there. angry, my neighbour knocked to make sure I was all right. Yeah, my girlfriend didn't talk to me for a couple of days. Really? Yeah, yeah, not not because I did anything wrong, just because she didn't want to approach me because of. How righteously pissed off I was with everything in the world. <laughs> so if you're wondering where you are and what you're listening to, this is the Paracetamol Headache Podcast. We love you. We love you very much. And that... We are morons making podcasts for idiots. That, um, that gorgeous but... northern brogue there is Flip Goff. Hello, I'm at Geek Therefore. And this is Andrew, Andy, Sarian lives Chamberlain. Hello. Hello, <laughs> Chucks. He's not Northern, but he's an honorary Northerner. I've been inside enough Northerners to be honorary Northern. I would just like to say, Wesley Snipes' eye and Woody Arson's eye are hovering just over your nipples beautifully on that t-shirt. I know, it's wonderful, isn't it? I'm wearing me, um, I'm wearing me white men can't jump t-shirt. I'm cosplaying as a member of the, uh, with me, with me, my... my my baseball cap on backwards. I'm looking very, very white right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should we talk about Nigel Farage and get serious for a minute? Yes. So, this is Nigel Farage. Pseudo political podcast for idiots by morons. That's out of the way. Let's move on to the news. Nigel Farage. He's an asshole, isn't he? <laughs> isn't he? This man has single-handedly semi-bankrupted a bank that um, is half, you know, partially owned by the taxpayers, we had to bail them out. So the people he claims to love are the people he's secretly shafting over. Fucker. Um, and wouldn't you know it, wouldn't you know it, that um, the person who's bankrolling Nigel Farage, um, one of his best friends and uh, uh, former... Oh, he's, he's the um, he's the owner of... I, well, I can't remember what it was. He's the owner of some... News, isn't he? It's GB News. Oh, GB News, that's right. I knew it was an organisation of arseholes. Um, so Farage's yeah. boss and one of his yeah. best friends and his yeah. bankroller um, had bet against NatWest losing money uh, on the stock just, exchange. Just, just happened to be day trading on NatWest. Just happened Weirdly. to be... I wonder if he had any um, inside knowledge of anything that was going to happen it's, to them. It's almost it's almost as if he discussed it with someone. Just... Um, yeah. I, I just, I, honestly, I think the next thing that Farage is going to do is going to come out with, the, with like, I don't know, a, a, a box of Chinese babies or something. He's, he's literally, <laughs> he's literally just like a sensation machine now. Anything he can do that will sensationally keep him in the headlines. Well, if we're, if we're keeping global corporations in check, can he have a, can he 
can British Gas throw his account out the window? Because you know, eight hundred was it eight hundred percent rise in profits this this week? We could he could do with bringing them down a peg or two. Not a bank that everyone on the high street fucking uses. Yeah, but on the high street anymore. But but Phil. Coots Bank, they, you know, they, they, they leaked information about the Overlord Farage. You know, yeah. he's he's perfectly he's perfectly valid for a bank account. He's definitely got a million pounds and three million pounds in assets. He's definitely so, not a straw man for fascists, racists, and assholes the country wide. This story is has got two prongs, both of which I'd like to stick in his <laughs> fucking eyes. But anyway, <laughs> prong one. Nigel Farage is too fucking poor to own a Coots account. So they offered them a NatWest one, and they were angry they don't do the piggy banks anymore. That's prong one. I'd be angry prong too, to be honest with you. Those piggy banks were, were sick. They're worth a fortune now. Um, and prong two. Admittedly, the BBC and Coots Bank weren't as sharp with their GDPR as they should have been, and his... And the paperwork was leaked discussing Nigel Farage. I'm not on Nigel Farage's side, but actually in GDPR law, they should not have done that. Yeah. Had that not happened, half of the story would not have been a thing. Yeah. Uh, as a consequence, two um, career professionals have lost their jobs. Um, Nigel Farage has been plastered all over the front page of every newspaper. And we're still giving credence to that absolute shroom of a human. What the fuck has he done? I mean, Count Binford has actually won the same number of elections in this country as that man has. Did you hear the BBC uh, news interview, the radio interview? Um, I think it was With B- Farage? Yeah, I think it was BBC World Service. And uh, they, they introduced him as Nigel Farage, who has run for office seven times and lost seven times. And then he uh-huh. said, and then he said, please don't. I, I'm just, I'm sick to death of this condescending tone. And he goes, Nigel, I'm just teasing you. He goes, you're not though, are you? This is this is base level journalism, which Nigel Farage would know something about, considering that he's yeah. a base level journalist. Uh, I mean, he's not a journalist, is he? He's not really a journalist. He's just a meat sack that appears on TV next to Reese Moggs. You can smell the steel, stale beer and fags through the TV. I can't watch it anymore. He, he looks like what I would imagine um, the farm mafia head boss looks like. He looks like he looks like farm um, farm shops like head boss. Yeah, shit tweed, weak beer, and goes home and gets spanked by his wife. Kisses his pig every night. Make sure it's like you know safe and tucked in. He looks he looks like he smells of mothballs twenty four seven. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I just, the man makes me angry, and this isn't a threat, whatever social media we're on, I'm not actually threatening to carry that I would punch him in his fucking throat. I still maintain, and as horrible as it sounds, one of the worst things that happened in history was that that um, helicopter Wait. thing that he rode on didn't crash into the sun. I'm just sad that his mum didn't swallow. Yeah, Nigel Farage, bottom line absolute bell end and the sooner he just jumps into the ocean and doesn't come out the better moving on <laughs> doesn't Reggie Perrin yeah fuck off go to France um, oh you can't sorry um, yeah Boris bit of a cunt <laughs> why is Boris Johnson is just it's like Mr Blobby 
decided he was going to become like the head villain of a John Wick movie. He's just awful. He's just he's just inept. I hate to see that John Wick movie. He's just inept in everything he does. Yeah, he thinks he's the fucking dog's bollocks. Well, he's probably touched dog's bollocks, but um, yeah, I, there's just a lot going on with Boris. One, he can't remember a four-digit code to his phone. James O'Brien called that at the beginning of his episode on the day that he came out and announced that he was going to. He's forgotten the the, the code to the phone. He promised to give to um, the Oversight Committee and then did not um, and has defied court orders and, you know, subpoenas and all sorts of other things. And he was supposed to have handed it over on seven deadlines and he, he still hasn't. But James O'Brien on his show on uh, LBC called at the very start of the episode that he, Boris Johnson, the next thing he's going to say is that he's forgotten the code and that's why he's not handed over the phone. And no sooner than two hours into the, sh- the show, that happened. breaking news, Boris Johnson's come out and said that he's forgotten the code to the phone. <laughs> uh, just honestly, I work, in, I work in digital forensics, and I can tell you for a fact that it would be easy to get into that phone. And not only that, but laymen working in students, like s- students dealing with digital forensics, all know it would be easy to get into that phone. If not, yeah. if not easy, it's certainly a process that can be approached and dealt with very quickly and very efficiently by, you know, the most basic of digital forensics analysis. Yeah. But they were, they were making it out like it was a fucking booby-trapped phone with claymores written all over it, and if you got the wrong code, it was going to set off nukes or something. And then, lo and behold, they got into it. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. he's, he's a moron. He's a moron. And he's going to be remembered in history as the grand moron of all morons. But at least his I mean, daughter's now a, a, a peer. Whoa, 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 is speculation, and we are in no way insinuating that Boris Johnson stuck his penis inside her, her mother and ejaculated. Oh, I'm... And that Charlotte is the... I am... We're going to get sued. I would not thrive in a prison environment. <laughs> I've, I've got no money. You can sue me if you want, but I've got fuck all to, I've got fuck all to give you. Literally, you could ruin my reputation. Okay, I've done so enough of that myself. Definitely Boris's daughter. And if not Boris's daughter... Yeah, he's and, definitely and chucked one or two up her. Or oh. she's walked in on him chucking one or two up on something else. Yeah, that isn't Carrie. Well, uh, I mean, Gavin Williams, way, Gavin Williamson got a knighthood for walking in on Carrie Johnson going down on him. Uh, allegedly, sorry. Allegedly. 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 I mean, who does that willingly with him? I can only imagine what this Charlotte woman has seen if... It turns out she is definitely not a relation of Boris Johnson, and he's just been chucking out nepotism like it's Christmas. But well, but I think Jingle Bells is what I would say to that. Um, I, she, blatantly, she 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 is his daughter. There is there is no way. I'm sorry, allegedly his daughter. Um, yeah, and now what is she? Twenty odd, and she's got a lifetime period. Twenty twenty three, isn't it? Twenty yeah. no. 
23, 18 months of civil service experience. It's something ridiculous. I mean, she's ridiculously young. She's the youngest one in, in the House of Lords now. She looked. She basically went and got the staples. She, the she honestly looked like she was out of her depth on day one. But then every single one of the people which made it to the House of Lords from Boris's honours list each looked like they were out of their depth. And they also looked like... You know when, um, you know when you, your dad's mate like, and your dad fall out yeah. and then you've got to go to school on like the Monday and yeah. their son, who was previously you know, your mate, and now there's that awkwardness when you walk into school and you don't know what to do. Yeah. That was exactly how it felt when all of his honours list walked into the House of Lords. They didn't know yeah. where to look. They didn't know who to talk to. Who is my mate? Who can I, who can I hang out with? Everyone was ostracising them. They all looked like they really didn't like belong there. Yeah. The, the only good thing we've come out of this whole honours list is that each of them kind of walked in and immediately looked like Boris's pal, like pets. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, every one of them. I hope they went home and just were embarrassed. But, but they weren't. they're now lifelong peers, and they're going to basically rule over us for the rest of their lives. So you know, we've got that to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you do that, Andrew, I'm just saying Wesley Harlson's looking very provocatively at the, down the camera. Wesley and Woody on me t-shirt. <laughs> I, I think the good thing that's happened with this whole Boris Johnson situation is that we know for sure that he's never coming back. He's not ever going to be in a position of power ever again. Yeah. There was. I, I, I genuinely don't think it's going to happen. There are so many knives out and sharp and ready for his back. It's going to be like Caesarian if he ever comes back. He will be stabbed by the whole of the Senate. Yeah. So that's that's nice. I mean, that's that's the one good thing we can definitely say is that we're not going to see a renaissance of Johnson. Ooh, I don't want to see Johnson's Johnson in renaissance form. <laughs> However... This flaccid, flaccid grey slug on a velvet pillow. However, as much as the Tory party seem to be imploding around us, Rishi Sunak is very much showing his colours as being a... Um... The fuck was that tweet about? Which the one? The tweet. What do you mean, the what one? The tweet. Oh, the... Uh, the um, that tweet. The attack well, on... What are we calling them now? They're not tweets. What are we calling them? X's. Are they actually called X's? X's. Fuck you, Elon, they're tweets. Um... The, is this the one yes. about Labour Party? About um, aren't we doing it better than you guys? Fuck you, basically. Oh, not so no, because there was another one as well where he basically called out Labour as being um, I mean, as basically terrorists. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. He he really needs to wind his neck in a little bit. He, he seems to have forgotten that they've been in power for thirteen years. Um, and and that Keir Starmer is a qualified barrister. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what libel and slander is. Also, Keir Starmer held his tongue for an incredibly long time, set a trap, and then just waited and waited and waited. And then when Boris was found to have been in contempt of Parliament and that he had lied to his colleagues and, and, you know, the rest of the House of Commons, Keir Starmer had set that trap, what, a year before? Yeah. So he's, he's not a stupid person, is Keir. You know, say what you will about him. Um, he may, he may or may not yet reveal his colours to be a plastic Labour um, member. He may, he may, he may turn out very well to be, you know, a um, a, a Tory in sheep's clothing, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. But 
he's very astute, very clever, and he definitely bides his time waiting for the right moment to strike. So there's a there's a he's, few. Yeah, he's he's not sensationalist, and I think Rishi is erring on the side of sensationalism now. I mean, it, it looks like an you know the Labour Party, a subset of lawyers, criminal gangs, they're all on the same side, propping up a system of exploitation that profits from getting people to the UK. I mean, that's a hell of a claim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if it wasn't Rishi who wrote it, it was definitely one of Rishi's teams. And if it was one of Rishi's teams, they should fucking well know better. I think, I think, um, yeah, I think Boris does know how to get into Bones and probably go into Rishi's. We're, we're uh, basically, we're a year out from a, a general election that the Tory party are going to absolutely be trounced in. So right now, they have got nothing left to lose apart from throwing everything in the kitchen sink in terms of, you know, horrendous um, accusations, smears, and just just downright tomfoolery at the Labour Party and the Lib Dems, who are very much sneaking up to become, you know, a, a possible party in opposition if, if they don't join with Labour in a, a coalition of national unity. Yeah. Uh, it's. I just, it was so tone deaf and dumb. It was a dumb tweet. But Rishi and he hasn't deleted it. Rishi's Rishi's shown his hand like within days of becoming prime minister. His that tiny little hands. He's he's definitely a man who is out of the out of his depth. Which, which you know he'd be out of depth in a puddle. He's definitely a man. Has he shown you his little Rishi? <laughs> I, I think I think I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt there until until proven otherwise. He's got children, and um, and he's definitely um, male looking. Yeah. But then he might also be, you know, one of the aliens put in a position of power. I mean, he could he could still be reptilian. I mean, I personally think that um, he's basically an action man down there, just a smooth nubbin, no dick, just. A Rishi action man, or an inaction man, if you will. I mean, it could very well turn out to be one of those grow your own men, um, just became <laughs> sentient. That went horribly wrong and yeah. got a job in the civil service. And like I say, you know, he'd shown on day one that he's out of his depth, but he would be out of his depth in a puddle. <laughs> he's so tiny. He's so tiny. He's so wee. He's, he's, he's diminutive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's, yeah. Those boots, when he went on the lifeboat, I mean, it's such a shame there wasn't a squall or something. But, um, yeah, the whole thing, I mean, the Tory party's fucked. We're all pleased about it. They just don't seem to have caught up yet. Uh, uh, The main main issue with this at the moment in time is that, very much like the United States, partisan politics has become a way of life in the UK. So that... The party that is now in power, rather than looking to try and treat all Brits the same and, and give everyone the same advantages and, you know, foot up, it's very much a Tory government trying to do things for the Tory voters, and the yeah. rest of us just have to keep waiting until the general election and we can get our say. I, I don't I don't feel very British right now, because there's so much division and disunity within this country that it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's and that's what they want. They actually want a nation divided because it's more convenient. It's easier to control. It's easier to it, the disinformation, the nastiness, the shit slinging. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, Labour aren't blameless in that. No, not at all. Um, you know, they, they're as, just as implicit uh, about it as well. But actually, the Tories have taken it to a whole new level because they know they're fucked either way. That, I, I mean, fingers crossed, they won't even be the opposition. It, going going into the general election, Labour right now are in this awkward position where they can't upset the apple cart too much and they can't rock the boat because they, the, you know, it was only a year or so ago that they were, what, nine, ten points behind the Tories in the polls. Yeah, I don't even, where are they now? Uh, it's something like eight or nine points ahead. And it, it's ridiculous considering all the damage that the Tories have done and considering how they've kind of run roughshod over the whole country and they're just imperious bloody cavalier way of doing politics and fucking over the common man the Tories yeah. should be a thousand points behind Lib Dems right now but Labour are actually 17 points ahead of oh 17 Labor. points yeah but yeah. but it's it's a, it's a very it's a very perilous 17 points and well, that, that could crumble that could crumble in seconds yeah all they need to do is you know is is back the wrong policy or agree with the wrong person or be seen to be supporting the wrong thing like you know the the national strikes or Mick and his um his unions or just up oil or you know whatever they do right now they're in this imper- imperilous situation where whatever they agree with they have to be agreeing with it with a bulletproof mandate something that the yeah. people can get behind and support and if they don't have that, that 17-point lead will literally crumble to dust and the Tories it'll, will win it'll again. Mean, it'll mean dick all. So, this is why they're in this position right now where, you know, is the Labour Party a viable replacement government or are they just Tories dressed in red? I, I think we... Uh, yeah. I think we may, be, we may be about to find out in the coming weeks. There's definitely people in there who are true blue. Uh, sorry, well, you know what I mean. True, true red Labour. Uh, yeah. Like not socialists, but but socially conscious, and stand up for all the values of what Labour is, was, and can be. Like Angela yeah. Rayner. Like she's she's unabashedly Labour through and through. Yeah, absolutely. But she is propping up a Blairish character in. Um, Starmer in, in, in Keir, you know, I mean, we we do run the risk of another Blairite government, and and with his um, flip floppiness, he is he is very wishy washy when it comes to choosing a position and sticking with it, which I can understand because it's politics and you've got to play to the temperature of the room, but true, but flip flopping, it's not a good look. It's not a good look um, to the point where they are selling. Flip flop, Keir Starmer flip flops on the Tory website. I mean, you've got to give them their dues. Sometimes marketing, it works. It works well for a team that you don't like. You've got to give them their dues when they do something like that. They were pretty clever. But you know, I've got hope. I've got hope. I've got hope. In a year's time, we're going to see something close to a government of unity. If the Labour Party, that have, yeah, that have the people in mind rather than profit. And it, and all you need to do is look outside and just realise, you know, the world is on fire, literally and figuratively. Yeah, fucking hell, yeah. We're we're on a precipice right now of 
well, as I say, we've 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 exited the era of global warming, and we're now in the era of global boiling. I mean, the irony was not lost on me that the image of a load of Brits in dinghies coming across the ocean to other islands. It, um, I don't think it, it was it, lost. I don't think it was lost on them either. I think it was hor- horrendous and tragic, but also made a beautiful political point that actually it's the only circumstance that divides the people coming across the ocean in dinghies and us. Yeah. You can spend £2,000 or whatever it is you spent to go over and, you know, have two weeks jolly on the Isle of Rhodes. But if if the entire island is on fire and then you've got to evacuate on day one, get into a boat, which is, you know, being supported by locals who've just lost everything and who have yeah. dropped everything to help you get to safety at the expense of all of their personal belongings and their own personal safety. Yeah. Get to an island, feed you, clothe you, water you. Make sure that you can get to the points of communication and contact that will then get you to your next stop away from the fires. Those people have just experienced everything that the Tory party have been railing against for months and months now with these small boats. Yeah. And I think they've just experienced firsthand of what it is to be a migrant trying to escape from unimaginable horrors. The only difference is they spent £2,000 for the privilege of experiencing it. So um, another cunt uh, that we have in the world right now is uh, my my favourite tangerine, Donald. He's... Um, I love He's fucked. He's he's really screwed. I mean, like much like Boris Johnson, uh, he has no options left. His only option is is to become prime minister, uh, president, and uh, and and pardon himself, or for one of his lackeys to become president and pardon him. Yeah. Um, unless I, he... I, I can't believe constitutionally, with all this going on, he's still allowed to run I, and win. I can't believe that the the. Uh, Republicans are allowing this to continue the way that it has been going. It baffles me completely that the Republicans have not yet scuttled his nomination. But he's the only, let's be honest, he's the only real nomination that stands a chance. He he is and he isn't. I mean, DeSantis... Everyone thought he was going to be the uh, the new Trump, this new, you know, younger, leaner, more fascist version of Trump, and he's he's definitely more fascist than Trump, but, but he's just not he's just not Trump. No, he's 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 his charisma his charisma is non-existent. He's he's a weirdo. I've I've seen wank rags with more charisma he's than that man. Genuinely. A weirdo, like he's he he's, really is. he's off the scale weird, and yeah. he hasn't got any policies apart from hate. And at least Trump was making okay. promises to his base that was on paper going to help his base. All yeah. DeSantis is doing is making promises to ha- hate people. Yeah, yeah, and Disney. He fucked with Disney. He yeah, fucked with Disney, and it, it's not worked. But he's, he's fucked with Disney, he's fucked with the gays, he's fucked with the trans. Well, hang on, hang on, he's not fucked with the gays. No, he doesn't, sorry, he doesn't, so, he I doesn't. do apologise. He's, he's, he's gone up against the gays, which sounds equally as bad, but... Um, yeah, 
I have to laugh. Uh, just down the road from me is uh, East, Eastbourne Pride today. Um, and I was walking through town. There was clearly some people heading towards there. And there's something really heartening about seeing a, what is essentially a seven foot tall bloke in a blonde wig and gold hot pants, just loving the day and getting love from all the town around him. It was absolutely glorious. He was loving life and it looked awesome. Uh, DeSantis would not be talking to him. Um, I don't even look at him. I don't understand (laughs) how DeSantis thinks he can be a player on the global stage when so many people would hate him from day one. They they already do hate him. That's the thing. They already do. I mean, they already hated Trump, but at least Trump had some sense of political and business nows about him. Not much, but some. Also, Trump's Trump's largely ignorable. Yeah. It's it's very much an American problem. Yeah. For all his bluster and all his threats against NATO and the UN and all of his talk about his allies and everything, he's very much an ignorable um, insular character. He's very much America's problem. He's a loud fart in the jacuzzi. Exactly. He is. Exactly. He, but DeSantis... I think right there. He is, he, he's not affecting our lives. He's affecting hundreds of millions of other people's lives, but you're right, outside of the country, in the, the climate he's in, he's, an, he's not anyone. He, he was no one on the political stage. In the world sense, where he was laughed, he was he was a joke. Where I think if DeSantis was to get into power, you know, the long shot that that is, I genuinely think he could be the first American president to start a war with his allies. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's I mean, fuck with Canada just because he could. He's deranged. He's an absolute yeah. fascist from from the inside to the outside. Every cell of his being, he is a fascist, and he's not even scared to like show it. He's unabashedly fascist he doesn't care and this this is the only reason why he's not going to get into power i mean like he he for a long time was was mooted as being like the next best thing but the next best thing right now is someone like nikki haley who was you know the un ambassador um um so the republicans are 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 sticking by their man purely because they don't know what to do they're terrified yeah they've all become accomplices in his ongoing grift against America and if he does go down he's going to take them down with him so they have to support him um yeah but but his base are the scary thing it's the people who are going to vote for Trump who are the people who are the worry they're the ones we we should be worrying about because it's those people that would quit NATO quit Ukraine back Russia you know they're they've got this weird sense of what it is to be American and all of the things that they used to be against, they're now completely for. Yeah. Yet they're screaming about Second World War and General Patton and going up against the fascists, completely oblivious to the fact that they are themselves fascists. Fascists. Yeah. Uh, so uh, DeSantis isn't, I don't think he's, he's, I don't, Trump is the one that will make it through the primaries, I think, and, and be the, the one they put forward. I, th- I think the fact, I mean, these, these court cases are just rising and rising. You know, the new indictment that's dropped about his uh, stop the steal. Yeah. And it's serious. I don't think he realises this is serious shit that, that he's messing around with here. Well, Farney Willis in um, Georgia 
is building a you know a watertight case. Jack Smith has got a watertight case. Honestly, it's like a dolphin's asshole. It's as watertight as they come. From every direction these indictments are coming, he's going to be facing the real prospect of jail time, and his options are very very loose. And if he loses, you know, against these indictments. It's going to bring down the entire Trump empire. It's going to bring his daughter, his sons, his wife, any of his colleagues, any of his I think, lawyers. I genuinely feel, genuinely feel bad for Barron. Well, um, I mean, Barron's, Barron's an entire different entity. He's 17 years old. He speaks three languages fluently. He's got um, two passports and dual citizenship. He, yeah. he very much could be the the shining glory that that redeems the trump name and leads it into you know a new future understanding he's always, he's always going to be labeled as oh you're that kind of son um but then you need to just uh, look at mary trump who is you know his, his niece well, yeah, who yeah, is com- yeah. completely normal completely normal incredibly politically nuanced um yeah. and you know is completely against her uncle but She's also got the, re- the 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 smear of having a Trump as a surname. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think uh, watch this space. I'm, I'm going to be watching the indictments and uh, the court, the following court cases. They're they're trying to bog it down the legal process and the judges and the they're just not having any of it. They're not give, not giving Trump and his people any leeway. I honestly can't see that he's got any way out of this, except for a pardon. And I, 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 if anyone was to give him a pardon, this is not Nixon we're talking about. This isn't a, a president who has skewed, if arguably, the right intentions for the country. This is a man who is out for himself, his own profit, his own agenda. Fuck everyone else. Yeah, and and though Nixon was you know a crook and he he was very much kind of a selfish president, he he did. He did at least believe that he was doing it for the betterment of yeah, yeah, everyone, yeah. but he, he did, just yeah. he just went about it he the wrong. Up. Yeah, he just went he went about it in a very kind of like duplicitous, evil way. Got caught yeah. and gave up. Yeah. The the pardon wasn't something that he was vying for. It was given to him by his predecessor, no, his, his his um his successor successor, um purely so that they could try and get a bit more of American unity going on. Yeah. Yeah. With Trump, there's no unity to be gained by giving him a pardon. You're just going to be inciting even further and making him think. He doesn't want, he doesn't want unity. He doesn't want unity. No. And if you give it to him, you're going to make him think that he was in the right. And right now, yeah. he needs to understand he is a fucking criminal. He always has been. And a cunt. And a cunt, yeah. You cunt. Right, anyway. Uh, speaking of um, unbelievable beings of existence... <laughs> um, let, let's move on to your. This is your. I'm. Gonna, I'm take the reins with this one, mate, because this is all yours. Have you Go. watched? Have you seen anything that's been I, going I, on? I have to say, I've followed it from afar, but this this is, has always been your baby. Okay. Um, right. From day one, I've ever known you. This has always been a thing. Okay. So, so Andy, over to you. There's a man. His name is David Grush. He is a former intelligence officer for the American uh, Air Force. Uh, he also worked um, in several different divisions in the American intelligence setup. Um, security backed to the absolute nines. He's got top secret security levels. 
he was an oversight um, official going in and looking at these different departments within the US government and doing oversight on black ops, special programs and black programs, which use secretive allotments of money from the uh, military budget and use it in possibly nefarious, slightly uh, obscured ways. But he's, he's credentials are there. He credentials are, are yeah. impe- unimpeachable, as they yeah. say. He, he, he is... The real deal. As, uh, he's about he's about as steady a, a, a character as you can get in terms of this, this story. So about, I think about a year ago, um, moves were made to give uh, whistleblower protections to people working in the intelligence community who previously were not able to blow the whistle on things they had found out that went against um, Congress or the Constitution or um, the setup of uh, oversight between Congress and these uh, these departments within the US government. Yeah. Uh, the whistleblower protection is extended out to intelligence officers for the first time in American history. Immediately upon it being approved, David Grush steps forward and says, I've got some things we need to talk about that you don't know about that are pretty fucking serious and one of those things is disclosure (laughs) aliens or as he put it non-human intelligence because he'd like to keep the aperture open so the discussion can evolve i fucking love that yeah so that could mean extraterrestrials it could mean intradimensional beings Uh rick and morty you beautiful people it could mean uh, time travellers yeah. it could mean um, subsections of humanity that have evolved in different ecosystems all of these things all of these things yeah. I love Yeah, a small series of sentient ant colonies in Bolivia that have suddenly developed communication techniques with the world um, sentient trees um... my thinking at the moment in time it's not aliens. Though, I think aliens aren't far off. And I'll get to that in a second. I think we have, we have touched upon a barrier between worlds. Um, okay. I think multi-dimensional... Um, the, the multiverse, basically. You're talking about the multiverse. The multiverse theory in which that if, if, a, if a choice has infinite possibilities... Theoretically, all those possibilities are being played out simultaneously on top of one another. Uh, yeah, that that to an extent, but also the hologram uh, theory, which is okay. Um, We're living in the Matrix. Yes, but David Grush put it in this way: uh, Imagine um, you're standing in a uh, courtyard, and there is a table, yeah. and on the table is an apple, and it's a clear, sunny day. And you're stood with your back towards the sun. Yeah. And your shadow is projected upon the table and the apple. Yeah. You are a three-dimensional being who is projecting a two-dimensional version of yourself on another three-dimensional object. Yeah. That, in essence, is hologram theory. Yeah. So it is another reality impressing itself upon our reality. And it is a version of them infringing upon our version of events. Yeah. So multidimensional in as much as 
they are alien looking because they cannot be biologically in our dimension but they can send artificial beings through the barrier between their world and our world and it's yeah. their consciousness riding that artificial yeah. being which is why they look alien they they act alien and they have um you know non non-human specifics and that, that's where it's kind of like tilting towards at the moment in time. And that's why I think they're using the non-human intelligence. It could be... It could be future. We're not talking necessarily little green men here. No, yeah. no. But, but like I say, I don't think that's far away because that of... That conversation will come. Yes, yeah. But I think, I think right now we're looking at something which is impressing itself upon our reality from potentially a different reality for reasons unknown. It could be resources. Yeah. It could be... Um, to warn us it could be to help us it could just be that we're in the way and they're just impressing upon us to use us as a waypoint to get to another place yeah and all of this could be down to you know the fact that we became a nuclear um people or the fact that we um advanced to a, a point where we we had technology which got there um, attention and which they could then use and exploit whilst we were using and exploiting yeah. it yeah I mean it's very interesting the time travel there's lots of alleged examples of time travel uh, you were looking at photos of the past the babushka woman at uh, the assassination of Kennedy <coughs> um, they can't they've never found her she was in several several different photos at several different times all at the same, well, at seven different points, all at the same time. You've got the smartphone hoodie man again at the Kennedy assassination, um, who is allegedly wearing clothing that is well outside of his time and more akin to our time. What it, who is seems to be looking at a smartphone recording device. Um, I mean, there's even one in a famous film where someone walks in the background, an extra, seemingly talking on a mobile phone. Yeah, this it's, it's possible. This this the I mean, the guy who turned up at the French uh, airport and had the um, passport and boarding pass for a flight that didn't exist in a country that didn't exist, and yep. then when they um, took him into um, uh, isolation to talk to him, he disappeared. Yep. Um, there are there are there, there are a number of theories about you know the 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 permeability of the veil between realities. And things like the Large Hadron Collider kind of prove that that might be something which is real. Yeah. Like, where do these subatomic particles come from, if not from a, a dimension that we can't see, feel, or or, or experience? Um, and, you know, you can watch Ant-Man and look at all these kind of subatomic universes, but they're true. There are... We just, we, we just can't say that they don't. Exist. Yeah. And, what and, you know... The, the the Men in Black film, I think the last the last five minutes of that, does an incredible way of ex, explaining and, and giving an example of 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 what we might be experiencing. You know, we I'll, are. I'll, I'll send you a link, Andrew, to a wonderful video that is of an alleged Man in Black interaction with someone in a legal office. Um, um, it's really interesting. It's CCTV footage. It's been verified as being existed. This person vanished, um, and it's two people walking into an empty office, interacting with someone who 
then tries to pull a firearm. Something is said, the firearm is put down, and they docilely walk out with these people and have never been seen again. Incredible. I'm just excited, uh, mate. I just think anything right now is a distraction from the, 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 the horrors that we're all experiencing worldwide. You have to wonder, is Paul, you know, Paul the movie with Seth Rogen as the alien, is it his theory, is it that stupid that we get these films, we get these action toys, we get these comic books to post the idea of an alien thing in our heads that actually it then becomes a reality that we accept more favourably uh, because we're used to seeing it and we don't question it when it does actually happen. It's not that far from the truth. It's a really interesting subject. I know it's been your... Um, it's been my bag for a while. It's been your bag for a long time, as long as I can remember you uh, being into it. So, um, yeah, another really interesting one. I'm, now, I'm, I'm just really excited by it, and I think, I think with everything that's going on at the moment in time, that's um, influencing the universe, you know, the world we live in, all of the... The you know e ecological disaster, um, financial disaster, the the cost of living crisis, just just it just seems to be everything is just bleak and dark and horrible. And I think yeah. there's got to be something that gets us out of it. And if it's aliens or if it's non-human intelligences, then you know let so be it. I I think we're on the verge of of a disclosure of some sort of discovery. That has been kept in the dark by governments and um, shadowy elements inside those governments. I think some people have not had the opportunity to do oversight on it, and I think we're only we're only you know possibly months, possibly years, but we're we're not we're not a million miles away from having something happen that's going to shake up the entire way we exist as as a people. Yep. And I hope so because I'm like you know I'm I'm dead into it. <laughs> Yeah. So watch your space. Right, so talking about the aliens thing. Right, before I, before I forget the train of thought. Um the Earth has been bombarded with um a radio signal for 35 years. Okay. A repeated radio signal from point of origin in deep space, but it is a repeated radio signal that we have only just disclosed and that we have been experiencing consistently for 35 years, which they are now ex exploring because it is the first time I think we've had this repeated um, patternable recorded sing uh, signal and yeah. it seems to be targeted towards us specifically yeah so okay. when, I, when I say that aliens could be on the horizon I think I, I you know I, I've always said it's ridiculous to think that we're the only we're the only intelligence in the the vast cosmos of space, yeah, I I think it's arrogant as well as as anything else. And I think you know, considering that we have invented all of the religions that we 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 follow, it's yeah. not against those religions to believe in this kind of thing, and to give it credence and to to actually give it some space to breathe and and for us to discuss it. Yeah, it's not conspiracy. I think it's just common sense so you know I'm going to keep on with this one alright pull at it pull at the threads we, we, we will discuss it again right so that's this news this has got far more fun hasn't it like the broader spectrum is very interesting it is mate you know and, it, we, and we, we've been talking about weird wacky aliens uh, I mean sorry Donald Trump <laughs> Boris Johnson 
and and our and atten- um, you know um, intelligences other than our own. I'm I'm excited to see what happens next. Yeah. And in the meantime, anyway. we can enjoy some distractions. So yeah, we've got some some reckies. I like this part of the, the podcast where we get to talk about like the things we've been doing, the things we've been um, enjoying. So can I, can I just this is this is what Andy wrote in our notes: recommendations, what we've been watching, listening to, eating, and fucking. I just think you've got to cover all the aspects. Well, I'm hoping for you that's a very bra- a very narrow topic of conversation, <laughs> Andrew Chamberlain. <laughs> I'm I, well, yeah. I'm I'm on a diet at the moment, mate. I've given up dairy. I mean, you've known me for 40 years now. I'm a man that likes his food. Yeah, you do like... Well, I, 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 I am the same, I have to admit. I do, I, do like a, I do like a nibble. However, I've become somewhat lactose intolerant. And Having, having, having shared rooms with you before, I can concur. <laughs> so I'm, um, I'm, now, I'm now dairy-free, and it, I, I'll be honest with you, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Oh dear. So, you, what, what's your food recommendation then? For, for a lactose intolerant person who's wishing to keep the duvets on his bed at night. Um, one of my, one of my new, my, one of my new, um, my new favourite go-tos is a nice mixed green salad. With yes. some peppers and some chilies, some spring onions. Um, a little bit of lactose-free applewood um, fake cheese, mm-hmm. and some wild garlic chicken Kievs. Nice. I, I had I I actually went to um, the Harvester, which is a chain of restaurants in this country. The paracetamol headache would like to point out there are other restaurant choices in the country as well, but they um they do something called a balanced bowl. And I had that last night when I went to the harvester, and that was very similar. But I had halloumi. I wanted chicken, but one of my children was crying at the idea of eating a chicken. So um, I, I had halloumi instead. See, it was the halloumi which did me in, mate. Well, it would do. Yeah. It Lo- would do. Love me a little bit of halloumi, but then don't it's love me the 24 hours again. following. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so food-wise, yeah, that's that. I'm... I had a bubble waffle. Ooh, do tell. I've never had one of those before. I had it. It's it's a waffle, but it's it's knobbly. <laughs> instead of indentations, they're, they're instead of being inies, they're outies. I've seen it. Yeah, tasty. Yeah, damn tasty. It had a lot of fruit in it, which I thought was a healthier option. But then they put chocolate sauce and cream on it and kind of fucked it over. So. Um, I mean, did it fuck it over or did it enhance it? Oh no, I enhanced it. Let's not be honest. I was just trying to make it feel better. But um, yeah, no, it, it was it was good. Uh, that has that has been my that has been my. Um... Oh, and also thanks to yourself and your good lady, uh, a bottle of Jammy Red Rue. Oh, Jammy Red Rue, greatest wine in the history of man. There are also other wines available, but this is our personal preference. Um, yeah, I, in fact, I've got a bottle sat next to me right now. I've. Straw. I've got to lose a bit of weight, and I've got to take care of myself a little bit because I am hitting the um, the uh, period of my life, and 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 so are you, mate. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on your back yeah. about this, where we're gonna have to start experiencing the the male MOT. Yeah. And then um, have you had the finger up the arse? I haven't had the finger up the bottom just yet, but I know it's on the horizon. I, I have, but that was wholly unrelatable. But um, yeah, 
That was just that oh, was I just a nice. What was worrying is when I had it done and they, the doctor left and the guy came around. Who was that? Um, and he was the doctor came in. So I don't know who it was that had his finger up my ass. But, that was um, <laughs> the, there was just an, an enjoyable Thursday in June. <laughs> just a janitor walking around with a, a big smile on his face. Um, he, he's an amateur, but he's ever so keen. Yeah. So uh, book recommendations, Andrew. Have any books that you're reading at the moment? So I'm reading at the moment Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, I've been working through a book list about a mile high, and on it are some you classics. Have, you have a hell of a lot of books to read. Yeah, and some of them are classics that I've never read before that I I've I've been wanting to read for a number of years. So I've I finally got round to um, Catcher in the Rye by J D Salinger, and um, let me tell you, mate, overrated. <laughs> it is a little. I won't lie. It's. I mean, do you know who his his what his son went on to do? Yeah, play Captain America. I know, right? Yeah. I I, I will do everything you need to know. I will say this: it's an incredibly well written book, but yeah. hey, hey, what is it? Holden Caulfield is an incredibly unlikable individual. Yep. And I'm about halfway through the book, and so far, fuck all has happened, apart from him being a miserable bastard, and <laughs> I I just I'm just. I'm struggling. I'll be honest with you. I'm struggling to keep it going. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't take to it. I have. I have to confess um, that when we were doing our, our our GCSEs at secondary school, I I was sat next to one of my one of one of our good, very good friends, Matthew Bucknell, in English, and we had to write book reports for our GCSE folio in English language and English literature. And he hadn't read many books. So I just said, tell him you've read Great Expectations. And he's like, what should I say about it? And I just thought, just put, not all I'd hoped for. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and our teacher, Mrs. Skillet, went absolutely mental. <laughs> and made him start again. And I'll never forget, that's one thing that's always stuck with me. The whole class burst out laughing, because that was Matthew through and through. <laughs> the king of really funny zingers. Witty one-liners. Just the way he delivered it. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm currently. You're going to love me. I'm currently rereading uh, War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Actually, incredible. It's my go-to book if I've got time. 1984. Read it if you haven't read it. And War of the Worlds. You should definitely read it if you haven't read it because it's a brilliant book. War of the Worlds um, is it's, eminently. It's all set in my area, so I love it. It's eminently rereadable. Yeah, it's I've, brilliant. I've got 1984 and uh, Animal Farm on audiobook to di- to tuck into. Have you ever read 1984? Yes, yeah, yeah. I've read I've read all of his works when I was at school, but I've not read them since I was at school. So you know, a good thirty it's or something like the years. Playbook. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's I'm, like Doctor Zeus with Boris Johnson, basically. I'm trying to read Catcher in the Rye whilst also listening to uh, the whole of the um, Dark Tower series on audiobook at the moment. Okay. So yeah, I'm no. dipping, I'm dipping back into that, and that's that's thank you to um, friend of the pod, friend of friend of mine and Phil's uh, uh, Jezza John Hughes, who uh, just started the books again and uh, yeah. made me sad because I'm not experiencing the ultimate heart punch that is the Dark Tower. Yeah, I'm I'm listening, and I would recommend this wholeheartedly. The audio dramatizations of Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Awesome. On on Audible. With uh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy, 
Uh, oh, honestly, even John Lithgow gets in on the action. Yeah, it's it's wall, just, it's wall to wall, just immense. wall to wall bangers. The cast is incredible, and um, it's one of the best audio dramatizations of any book or any like IP I've heard. It's brilliant. I'm on volume three again at the minute. I've done, I've just done one and two, and um, I'm 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 about an hour and a half into volume three, and it is just every time an excellent listen. And, and if you game and, and narrates it, and if you've not if you've not had the chance to actually watch the TV program on um, Netflix, oh, bloody hell, yeah! Then then jump onto that as well because it's absolutely incredible and it's one of the most true to the source material adaptations I've seen. Just as an interpretation, it's outstanding. Incredible piece of work. And series two is being well was being filmed. I think we're on hiatus at the moment because of the Writers Guild uh, strikes. But um, yeah. Series two, Orpheus. I've just seen some pictures of Orpheus, um, and also Sandman. You know, rocking a toga. Gotta love it. You say that you're watching um, Secret Invasion. Uh, I'm episode four. Well, episode five. There's been a revelation, and I've just shit my pants. How are you enjoying it? More than I thought I would. Okay. More than I thought I would. I went into it very loosely because I thought I. It's one of my all-time favourite Marvel series, is The Secret Invasion. It, it truly is. It's one of the best sets of stories, the art, the, the what-the-fuck moments. And there's been a couple of them in the series. I think Samuel Jackson's done very well. Um, Amelia Clark, always another treat. Um, obviously... Um, Rhodey, or what's he called? Don Cheadle. Yeah, Don Cheadle. Um, excellent. Um, no spoilers. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, it's well worth a watch. I have to say, I was very underwhelmed. But I've I, been. I, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm not as whelmed as I should be about it. I, I've I've been very underwhelmed with Marvel as of late, um, with the exception think... of Guardians of the Galaxy three, which I thought was absolutely incredible. Dropping on Monday on Disney Plus, I'm watching it then. I missed it in the cinema. Genuinely, one of the funniest, most heartfelt series, and, and it's and apparently a really fitting conclusion. Per- well. Perfect conclusion, and also just on its own, in the merits of itself being a science fiction action comedy film, absolutely outstanding. I loved it. Um, yeah, I mean James Gunn's just a dude anyway. He's one of those people, isn't he? He's, despite it, what's going on at Warner Brothers at the moment, yeah, um, his time in Marvel was very good I watched The Flash the other day and all I can say is uh, don't I, I, I watched I, we at Paracetes want a headache don't advocate torrent sites or watching films illegally but I was not going to pay to watch an Ezra Miller film so I may have watched it on a, in a, on a website that is less than legal to bring um, I know it, I was, it was I watched half of it and I thought oh they've wasted Keaton here bloody awful Bloody awful, and that's all I'll say about it. What bring is back, bring back Michael Keaton as Batman though? Fucking hell, he was brilliant. I, I tell you what, I have been watching recently, which is fucking incredible, and everyone should give it a go. Um, is Hijack on Apple TV with Idris Elba? Oh, apparently it's amazing. Prime TV, mate. I have never ever been so on the edge of my seat with every single episode of a TV program, and yeah. I swear to God, I cannot. I'm biting at the bit chomping at the bit for the next episode to come out because it's episodic and it's weekly 
it's made me fall in love with the format of television again. Yeah. And I, I, it's yeah. it's I, incredible, it's, absolutely incredible. Idris Elba's just, even in The Office, he was awesome. <laughs> the, the great thing about it is, even though Idris Elba is the star, in inverted commas, he isn't. He isn't really the star. It's such an ensemble piece across yeah. the board. He just happens to be the best version of a protagonist you've got in the series. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people have said that. There's so much going on. It's so broad and it's so like on the money, tightly written, brilliantly directed, amazingly acted. The tension is ratcheted up every episode. Heartily recommend it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm very late to the table with this, I'm sure, but I, today, literally today, I was sitting on the couch, dozing, and I had everything out, and I've, re- I've discovered this, The Boys on Amazon. <laughs> oh, shit in hell. One of my, fav- is- my favourite comic book series of all time, Garth Ennis, anything he touches, I'm in love with. Um, the, the TV series just gets better and better and better. And I honestly it's, thought it's I was going to hate it. pretty high, honestly. But yeah, I mean, if it gets better and better, bloody hell. Genuinely thought I was going to hate it, and I cannot wait for the new series. It's, it's pretty damn good, actually. I'm only three episodes in, but yeah. Do you know what I'm uh, not recommending? Also, also, also Beetlejuice 2. Yeah, it's coming. Can't wait. It's being filmed. It's being filmed. They've just had a theft on the set. Someone stole one of the uh, sculptures. What I have to say is, you know, we'll touch upon this a lot... In, in in future episodes but the cast is looking a bit weak sourced but we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge I when mean, we come I, to I, it Burton best not fuck this up because this will be the nail in his coffin I, but he's he's relented and dropped the CG element and he's gone for more practical effects which what what historically has made him more famous um, and also an entire shop front has gone missing so one of not Lydia Deeks the mum's statues is gone and some shop fronts have gone but I mean he needs to not fuck this up it's serious he can't fuck Beetlejuice up Burton, Burton's, I'd rather have not had a sequel Burton is on a um, he's not on such a hot streak I mean off the back of Wednesday obviously he's, he's gained he's gained a kind of new following um, with the help of um, what's her name Jenny Ortega that's the one lovely Jenny Ortega um but I, I think in terms of like his films recently, he's he's not been quite such a hot streak. So I've, never forgot, I've not quite forgotten him for Alice in Wonderland. It it would be nice to see him kind of redeem himself with one of his classics and and go down the route of um, practical effects and everything. Apparently, um, he's promising practical effects again. Good, good. I'm hoping. I'm talk, talking about practical effects. I'm hoping to see Oppenheimer tomorrow. Oh, let me know how you think. I I don't know how I feel about that film. I, I've got a love-hate relationship with Christopher Nolan, and I love his films, but I don't always agree with his decisions. Um, yeah. With I don't know uh, why I'm nodding. There. I've got a cat video on. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm nodding, Andrew. <laughs> have you Have you seen um, Tenet? No, couldn't watch it. Tried to, didn't get into it. Took me five attempts to watch it because yeah. of the sound quality. Yeah. Um, didn't get it. Didn't get it. So I'm 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 hoping he's like after Tenet, which is the first time I've watched one of his films and kind of been disappointed. I'm hoping that Oppenheimer is going to be a bit more um, of a spectacle on a technical level. Yeah, I, I mean everything I hear about it is it's amazing, but um, I just yeah, 
I don't know how I feel about the, the actual, not the execution of the film, but the topic of it. I just don't know how I... I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to go and watch Barbie, but I'm going to watch Oppenheimer. I, I, I had a friend that went to see Barbie yesterday, apparently. It was everything that the right hate in a film. <laughs> which is reason enough to go and watch it. I won't pay to see it. Um, and um, thank you for the recommendation. Uh, but I will, I will watch it when it drops on digital platforms. That said, I did watch the Super Mario movie. Loved it! I, I, I went in with such low expectations and was completely blown away about how good it was. Absolutely loved it. I genuinely and geeked out and enjoyed it. Yeah, it was and a little... It, it was a little bit... It was just awesome. It was a little bit like uh, Spider-Man um, Across the Spider-Verse. Um, Enter the yeah. Spider-Verse. Um, when I watched the first one, I went in like expecting to hate it and was blown away. Fell in love with it, yeah. Um, and Super Mario Brothers made me feel the same kind of way. It gave me the tingle, it gave me the smiles. Just just the theme that the uh, the soundtrack was beautifully done as they were entering the different zones. It was so nicely done. Everything about it was just really good. Um, and yeah, it was just brilliant. I, I have, that having said, I haven't quite forgiven Jack Black for the peaches, 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 because that's all that's been on our house mm-hmm. for the last week. Yeah, I, I think, I think not having any kids, I, I can't really understand that kind of pain that you're going through. But I'll um, I, of all the songs to have to listen to, it was very good though. Yeah, I think we've been a bit spoiled for choice this summer with the um, with the old entertainment. I think the post COVID COVID malaise. Has yeah, definitely, we're, we're out of it now. yeah, it's definitely yeah. subsided, and we're getting some amazing art. And I, I'm, I'm glad about that because I think, I think the period of kind of COVID vision, where there were lots of things being created and released which were stuck within the the sphere of of, of a COVID world. Yeah, it was getting very boring, and like it, it is as inevitable as it was because it was like a, a an epoch moment in history. The art that we got during that period of time was very hit and miss. Yeah. So to come out the other side now, and we're back into like spectacles and blockbusters, and you know, really like cutting edge, edge of your seat television. I'm really happy. It's good. It's, I, it, I can't wait for series two of The Last of Us. Yeah. It's genuinely. It's it's nice. It's nice that we've got um, a art world back again and it's fighting out against the darkness of like everything else that's going on though I would like to say from our very bottom of our hearts paracetamol headache completely endorses the SAG and WAG um, on side on side with them strike action at the moment completely on side with them if we were in America and we were part of those unions we would be out in the streets picketing ourselves and we can only hope to be part of it in the future so yeah I think yeah, the whole the whole thing. We they, we just we're not talking about the top, you know, the famous writers. Of people. We're talking about here about the jobbing writers who week in week out churn out and produce some amazing content for celebrities that have no concept of the slog and the art that has gone into what they're performing. But saying that, some of the more established, richer more um, well-off and lucky uh, members of those two unions have been doing some amazing work. Did you hear about yeah, what oh, The yeah, Rock yeah, did? Yeah. 
Sorry? Did you hear about The Rock? No. <laughs> so The Rock um, donated a seven-figure sum to the um, Screen Actors Guild coffers to support the jobbing um, union members who were like extras and part-time wow. players and you know the, the, the television stars and stuff that, that don't get to enjoy the paydays that he gets to enjoy. Awesome. So he donated a seven-figure sum to that. Um, and at the same time, he's been in the news a bit recently. He, um, yeah. He's been supporting a UFC fighter from uh, Zimbabwe who uh, gave up everything to fly over to America to compete in the UFC. He's been sleeping on a sofa in the gym that he trains in. Mm. He had $7 in his pocket. Um, and he won his uh, inaugural fight in the US and with the money he got from that he ploughed it straight back into the village in Zimbabwe where he came from oh, wow. and he also sold all of his fight worn kit after the fight on eBay and made $7,000 and then immediately gave the $7,000 to the village where he um, grew up so that they could put it towards education and water awesome um, and The Rock found out about this and has now sponsored the fighter. Awesome. Um, and has sponsored his development and with like partnerships with Under Armour and he's he's now like endorsing him. I think he's put him up in a in like a house or a apartment or something. And he's basically like supporting this fighter because this fighter is supporting his village Very back in Zimbabwe. And he's he's asked like how can I pay you back and in the the response was you don't pay me back you pay it forward so yeah. you know well done Dwayne Johnson yeah there are some there are some good eggs in Hollywood um, but yeah no I, I, there's been some interesting telly I, I think you're right the post COVID malaises we're out of it now I, I won't lie I'm a bit Marvel fatigued I'm Marvel um, fatigued I'm enjoying the comic books I have fallen in love with the comic books again um, and I've been I've never read them before because it was always such a weird character but uh, Moon Knight I'm really discovering Moon Knight at the moment Warren Ellis's run is incredible yeah Warren yeah, Ellis's run yeah. kind of re- revolutionised the character and I, I Warren Ellis as much as he is a very um, controversial figure in and of himself yeah. And he's got a very questionable um, history as a person um, and, and some of the controversies that surround him. As a writer, I can't fault him. Um, yeah. And his his run on, on Marvel's uh, Moon Knight was, was kind of a reinvention of the character and that laid the groundwork for the television show. So, Well, I've always avoided it for, for a few reasons, just because it's a, it's a topic that's close to my heart, really. But Understandable. Um, yeah, it's done very well, I have to say. Um, and also rereading the, you know, uh, Fantastic Four, the first family of Marvel, just because very soon we're going to be seeing them on the big screen as Marvel actually want them to. I'm, I'm, I genuinely believe and hope with all of my heart and soul that the Fantastic Four is the rebirth of the MCU in cinema. I think so. And they're, they're pulling back a lot of the re- re- um, release dates now. I I I, I think if I they think cast it right, them forward. Yeah. if they cast it right, it could very well be the 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 re-energizing that the the whole franchise needs, and also the kind of launching off point for 
the the next generation, as it were. Well, you've got you've got then you've got the the connection to the X Men, you've got the connection to Spider Man, you've got a lot with the Fantastic Four. They're so d- deeply entrenched in the world of Marvel. Yeah, uh, it, could, it could be really exciting, and 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 we'll we'll kind of see what happens. But I'm I'm I'd, I'd love to see sixteen oh six as a film. I have to say. I think that would be awesome. Medieval Marvel would be absolutely awesome. You know, just Nick Fury as a knight of the realm. Yeah. Just be brilliant. Just be brilliant. Shakespeare and Spider-Man would be awesome. Um, I w- we'll never see that film, unfortunately. Lots of recommendations this week, mate. I'm reading Planet Hulk as well at the moment. Excellent. Leading into World War Hulk. Yeah, which I hope we'll eventually see at some point in the small or big Marvel cin- cinematic universe. There's going to be a point where Marvel, uh, the MCU, very much experiences the same thing that happened with the the DC Snyderverse. Yeah. And I think Feige is as great as a producer as he is, and a and a kind of a leader. He can't, he can't have a, a clean home run every game. Yeah. I think yeah, he's got yeah. to have some of these pitfalls so we can learn from it, and I think we've we've had a few. Um, we've had some, we've had some, you know, duds, and I think we've had some issues. I think some of the things that they're saying are duds aren't necessarily like Eternals was was a difficult film in the canon, but I don't think it was a bad film in itself. I thought Shang Chi was very good as well. Shang Chi was great. I really enjoyed it. Very different film, martial arts, a martial arts movie within the Marvel universe. I thought it was brilliant, but again, it was considered a misfire. Just some of some of the some of the choices and the I think I think it goes down to the right strike and the actors uh, guild strike um, yeah. if you don't give the people the time space and money to do something right you're going to get a subpar product yeah. so if if you carry on throwing shit at special effects houses and visual effects uh, groups and, and companies and expecting them to churn out you know a never-ending series of high-octane, super-realistic visual effects on a zero budget, you're going to end up yeah. getting these duds. And all of the you ones which Howard the Duck. Yeah, all of the ones which have gone wrong have all been down to the fact that the visual effects have been crap because you've not invested the right money or given it the right time or allowed the people to do their job properly. Yeah. But then... So, no, yeah. Welcome to Amazon. Welcome to Twitter. Welcome to Tesla. Space uh, Karen. Yeah. I don't like it. I lost Twitter for a whole day yesterday, and then I realised, no, he's just rebranded it. Prick, and I was looking at the wrong icons. It's the most divorced app I've ever seen. Honestly. As a divorced oh. man, I can completely understand what he's doing. <laughs> he it is, It's just divorce city. Like, yeah. Elon, we get it. You've divorced a couple of times. Chill, mate. I, I mean, we are, we are now also on Threads. You will find all our social links at the, on our in our podcasting Threads. I'm I'm not under enamoured, but I'm not over enamoured with it. It'll it'll get there. I think it's if it's allowed to continue. It depends what Space Karen does in the law in the law courts. But um, yeah, maybe we should just have our own. I think I think we should we should try and bid for Twitter and see if we can buy it back. If not the yeah. app, then certainly the name. 
you'll get it for a fiver and a pickled egg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, one exciting thing we will be doing, uh, we have partnered with the wonderful SpeakPipe now, which will allow you to send us little cheeky voice messages for things you'd like us to talk about, recommendations, uh, knob gags, um, let's keep them sodomy down low, and uh, we'll if we get some good ones, we'll play them out. Yeah. We're so, going to be embedding it on our pages as soon as we can. So keep an eye on all the social medias. Look for Paracetamol Headache on We're all on of them. TikTok. And you'll... X. Okay. Uh, Ugh, it sounds sick, face... mate. Yeah. Uh, tw- um, Twitter, let's be honest. Uh, Facebook, The Gram, Threads, YouTube, uh, that fag packet on the pub table. Um, on the back of the beer mat. We're on Patron um, or Patreon. We are on our own personal Twitter accounts. You're always welcome to say hello. Um, we're everywhere. So search for Paracetamol Headache. Give us a follow. And if you're rich and you've got money to throw away, go to our Patreon and chuck it all in our direction and we will make the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts. For every £10 we get, Andrew will personally fillet you. Oh, oh. And it will be a fillet and a half, mate. You will not forget this fillet very soon. Well, let's be equal opportunities. He's also a cunning linguist as well. So, um, Amazing cunning linguistic. <laughs> I'll ask later. Um, yeah. We love you people. We really do. And we're glad to be back. We hope you like our slightly adjusted format that's less angry. It's a bit of a long episode, but we've had a lot to say because we've been gone for like for a month, I think. Yeah, first part of the month. Yeah. More or less. But we're back. More or less. And uh, we've got we've got a little fire in our bellies, and we will be back sooner than you can imagine. So I in my bladder, but I think that's just chlamydia. Um, Phil, where can they find you? Uh, at Geek Therefore on Twitter, because I'm not calling it X. Where can they find you? At Sarian Lives on Twitter, and every other social media platform. Um, and as we say, look for look for paracetamol headache. But most importantly, look after yourselves. Look after your, your fellow man. High five that random guy down the street because he's got a quirky hat on. And then ask him where he bought it. And, and then buy it yourself. go to the pub, have a drink together, fall in love, get married, buy a boat, sail off into the future. <laughs> you need more dairy in your life, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, we mate. Love you all people. We love you. And we'll see you again in two weeks' time. Love you, Phil. Love you too. And you, I'll miss your squeaky lactose parts. believe that I fucking may I didn't record the first half